Welcome to Bunta Vista episode 60. 60. It's a Oof. nice round number, isn't it? We're getting old. We're getting old. Really pushing past it now. We're past swingers parties and we're... Yeah. I don't think we're even having sex anymore. Oh, we're getting into a retiree age. Mm. Mm. I am Andrew and I'm here with Theo. Hey. How you doing, Theo? Good. That's good. That's good to me. And, of course, oh, Lucy. G'day. How are you, Lucy? I'm, I'm good. How's, how's your bumhole, Andrew? Well, <laughs> listeners of the show, uh, keen-eared listeners will note that we are a day late on this episode. Um, mm. Or maybe maybe within... I think we're going to get it out within the same day. I'm going to put it out the same day. Oof. Um, wow. Also, also yeah. just like if, you, if you're there on a Monday and you're going, oh, this isn't out, maybe... Um, Lower your expectations because we're extremely lazy uh, and not very intelligent. Hey, that's right. We, we got a pretty good track record. We do but, have um, a great track. Maybe, well, that's maybe that's the problem. Maybe we've held the standard too high, and then if we're twelve hours late, come knocking people, at the door. People start, people start getting on our case. Um, but yes, we've been forks. we've knocked about a bit this week because um, one of my children played with somebody else's uh, vomiting child. And then uh, came home and then she turned into a vomiting child uh, and then made me sick. Nice. Um, I did my own kind of vomiting, but not out of my mouth. The butthole vomiting. Yeah, which, which like, look, I'm going to be real with you. I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let right. me explain. Let me explain. As with all things in life, you got to have a little bit of perspective, right? Um, I, so Maeve, our, our youngest one, got very sick on Tuesday night and um, uh, came into our bed in the night and went back to sleep and then she started going, like she was having a bad dream and then she started projectile vomiting everywhere in the bed, <sighs> uh, which was cool. And then she did that until like 6am, which ruled. Uh, and then um, our, other, <laughs> our other child came in as she finally like stopped being sick and our other child like came into the room just as she stopped being sick because the sun was up now and she was like, I'm awake. And I said, I'm not going to work today. Uh, and then the next night, I came home from work, put the kids to bed and then uh, I went, huh, I feel funny. And I ran to the toilet uh, with a, a mad case of goose ass. Um, but, like I said, uh, like... Overall, I would far rather be struck with just a whole bunch of liquid butt than a whole lot of vomiting. Same. Vomiting is far more traumatic. To yeah, me. I yeah, very rarely vomit. Yeah, and like when it's that gastro kind of thing, you know it's just going to be happening for hours. Mm, it's bad. Like, yeah, just every half an hour, you'll feel all right for a while and then you'll just get that wave and go, oh no, this again. Um, whereas, yeah, it was more like just every, every 20 minutes, I just had to trot over to the toilet and fire off another round but uh but yeah i did find myself thinking you know what this could be way worse could be way True. worse that's that's right folks have some perspective about your illnesses mm, positive mental attitude and that's the butthole report yeah that is the butthole report so um that's why we're late i was thinking um we should call this one uh a, a day late in a butt short <laughs> <laughs> do it yeah <laughs> So that's why we're all a bit disorganized this week, folks. But, um, but you know, we're here to catch you up or catch ourselves up. What's been going on out there in the, the world? The world of small Australia. Let's um, do it. Last week, 
you will recall that we rattled on for quite a while about uh, Labour MP Emma Huzar and her many, many, many allegations of improper behaviour in the workplace. So that sort of unleashed this whole thing of uh, Labour supporters being extremely weird about it online and basically accusing BuzzFeed's Alex, uh, Alice Workman of like uh, attempted murder. <laughs> This <laughs> is that kind of vibe, or, or being a um, like a, a wannabe Murdoch was one oh. I saw being thrown around. It's like, have you ever read mm. BuzzFeed in your life? They were calling her like a Murdoch shill. So like, okay. so weird, and like that that particular like uh, boomer meltdown where they'll just they'll have an image that someone's put text on, and they'll. I'm sure they don't know how to make them themselves, right? But that image that they that someone's written text on Alice Workman in like red or something, that's just then what they post to Twitter like 400 times to any anything that ever comes up. They'll just be like, well, I've got the exact thing for this. Uh, it's on my desktop in a folder next to the folder of all of my uh, photos of my nieces and nephews. It's the insane meme pile. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it was a pretty unhinged reaction, basically. Uh, if if you're not Australian, if you haven't delved into Australian Twitter, you might not be familiar with the phrase uh, Twitter brokens. Mm. It's nah, problematic but, to say that, Andrew. Yeah, apparently. Um, apparently. But, but it generally refers to uh, people who have just flown off the handle about uh, something Australian politics related so hard that their minds have become shattered. And it seemed like a pretty big resurgence of that over the week with Huge all this. Resurgence. Yeah. So, so yeah, the accusations were flying thick and fast that um, that you know Alice Workman never should have published this stuff because it hadn't been because the investigation into it wasn't complete and it hadn't been established as facts, which kind of makes you go, oh, so journalists should just not report on anything that's. An accusation. Also, I love the concept that in our particular la- like political landscape these days, there is an investigation, and then we get the facts at the end. Yeah. Instead of them just going like, "Oh no, that's that's done now." Yeah. We're here's, on to the next thing. Here's the result. Um, yeah, I was calling some guy an idiot online and was saying to him, he he was like, "Oh, until the investigation's finished and you know facts have been established, it's all just hearsay and it's complete non-news." And I was like, "Are you telling me that if the prime minister had been arrested and charged with murder, that we should all be like, well, he's it's the investigation's underway. Please don't print anything about it. You fucking idiot." But uh, so yeah, it all it all got very very loose, uh, very crazy. And the results of that investigation, that internal investigation, were released. Um, I think it's safe to say that, A, nobody would have known about the investigation, and B, nobody would have seen the results of the report were it not for the public scrutiny that had come about as a result of Alice's reporting. And the results came in and they said that um, the, like... A bunch of the accusations that related to basically like uh, sexual or sexualized conduct, sexual harassment, and there was one particularly colourful uh, accusation, which was essentially the um, the the Sharon Stone 
basic instinct scene um, where they were accusing her of deliberately uh, showing showing a colleague that she was not wearing underwear on her dress repeatedly in front of his son. And, yeah. So, um, so basically, the report came back and said that those things they they found that there were no grounds for those particular accusations. They were without merit, um, which prompted all of these Labour supporters to say, "Ha, huh, innocent." Completely exonerated, while they conveniently ignored the other half of the 40-something accusations, Mm. um, where they said, oh yeah, all of these are completely within merit, uh, completely with merit, and we agree with the version of events supplied by the staff, in which she improperly used her staff and bullied and abused them. But everybody's kind of just ignored that half? I, I, to be honest, I, I did not realize, and maybe I'm a little bit out of touch, maybe I've made an echo chamber for myself, um, I did not realize that this certain subset of Labour people were so factional. Oh, yeah. so oh, wild. vicious. It's, it's very weird. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, like, uh, I, I would really hope that as... As leftists, like, and let's not let's not pretend that you know every rusted-on Labour supporter counts as a leftist, because, as has been proven by this particular example, these people are more than happy to look the other way over really shitty behaviour and really shitty treatment of workers um, if it you know sort of aligns with their own party's benefits, because that's really the great irony, isn't it? That it's it's the party that's you know supposed to be founded on the idea of labor rights and workers' rights, and you know they they found very strong evidence to support like twenty something claims of making her her staffers in her office like do babysitting and walk her dog and pick up her dog shit and getting abused and getting yelled at and getting treated like shit and sworn at and all this sort of stuff. And people just hand wave it away as like, oh, well, she's a single mother. Like, mm. all right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, boy. Like, uh, and, you know, I think it's it's really basic shit. If, if something is being leveled at, like, your team politically or whatever, and if you can swap out the names of the people involved with the people from the other team that you despise... And say to yourself, now, what would I like to see happen to this person in this circumstance? If you can really honestly say to yourself, oh, yeah, I would be totally fine if, if you know, we found out that there were like 22 substantiated claims of Scott Morrison abusing the shit out of his staffers. We would be like, oh, well, he's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And the answer is no. Of course Your not. brain is broken. Gone. You're going buck wild. Your brains are broken. B-R-O-E-K-N. Broken. Yes, that's, that's the way to spell it. Mm-hmm. And there was the whole, yeah, there was the whole other weird thing as well with, um, with all of that, which, is, which was all of the sort of accusations from people that, like, Alice Workman had either, you know, very stupidly been, like, that, that she'd basically run a whole bunch of unsubstantiated rumors. 
that she'd just been fed this stuff and had gone, Boo, I'm not going to check into any of this and I'm just going to print it, thus serving the insidious agenda of either, you know, the Murdoch media, the mainstream media, and the reality, of course, being that she's like a very professional journalist she's been the one actually breaking like all of the major stories in Australian political media over the last year or two and the reality is she got fed this shit by people inside the Labour Party and people inside Emma Huzar's office and she would have talked to a whole bunch of them and a whole bunch of them would have said yes it is real and it has merit and it's a real thing which kind of kind of substantiates what we were saying on the episode last week, which is, you know, the, a very strong possibility is that it's grounded in fact that there is an investigation into her for workplace bullying and for abusing her staff, and that that investigation has been deliberately leaked to the media by her factional enemies within the Labour Party. And it very much sounds like that's exactly what happened. The weird thing is that the people who are so angry at Alice Workman don't seem to be asking themselves the question at any point. Oh, is it actually people within the party that I'm bending over backwards to defend that have done all of this to this woman? And also she's done it to herself by being a fucking terrible boss. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot easier to not get um, drummed out of your job after investigations that you've bullied people if you don't actually bully the shit out of your staff. True. You know? <laughs> That's right. So I think she uh, she jumped the gun on the whole thing by announcing that she was not going to uh, contest her seat when it comes up to the next election. She was saying, oh, these people have already ruined my reputation. It's like, yeah, it's the kind of thing you do when you know how the report's going to turn out. Mm. So yeah. Good stuff for her. Um, yeah, just retire and fuck off with your nice pension, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's your take, Lucy? Do you think that... Um, You're trying to get a woman's take here? Yeah, yeah. What's a, give me a woman's woman's take on abusing your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, feel like you shouldn't do it. Hmm. N- not a big fan myself. Not a, not a big supporter of it. So uh, I think you should probably just uh, fuck off. Knock it off. Mm, yeah, that knock was, it off. That was one of the things that like made me really uncomfortable when the accusations like first started like dripping out. Um, one was one of the accusations was that like she had made one of her male staffers like do her dishes um, from you know her eating lunch or whatever, and had told him, "Oh, do my dishes so that you can learn about male privilege." <laughs> and and all these all these people were like fucking yeah, like suck queen. it, suck it, guy who had to do the dishes. You teach him about male privilege, and I was just like, oh boy, uh. oh boy. <laughs> again, I was just like, uh, I I really hate the interpretation of equality that is. How about we do the stuff that we hate when people do, do it to us? Yeah, we need we more women billionaires. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> it. More women prison guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, that's that's not great. I put no. it to you that if you are, you know, working in some office and your job is to like, you know, be somebody's political staffer, that maybe. You're not supposed to just be making them do your dishes and pick up your dog's shit. 
Probably not. Uh, regardless of gender. Call me crazy. Mm. But yeah. What else has been going on? Old Barnaby's back in the, back in the fucking news. Well, he doesn't like to stay away, does he? Mm. No. He, um, well, he's got his book out. He's got his book. Uh, which, um, I don't know. Do you guys know anything about the book? Mm-mm. Uh, I was reading some some like excerpts the other day. That uh, he he has a huge fixation on referring to um, white working class people all throughout the book. Oh <laughs> wow! Um, oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Talk, like talks about talks about like um, growing growing up and like working in r- like rural and remote areas and how the people who have it the worst are like the white people who live out there. Uh, or he just he just says that and then just like doesn't mention aboriginal people at all at any point which is fine refer refers to them as like uh, refers to like white people as his tribe and stuff it's cool (sighs) really cool but um yeah there's a whole lot of like it's it's interesting actually i can't remember the name of the journalist who uh was like oh no it wasn't a journalist it was um ah fuck what's his name um the the Labour MP who's all right, Mark something, Mark something. Oh, you know, I know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, I'll be, I'll get back to you, Tim. T- Tim Watts. Tim Watts. Tim Watts. Oh, Tim. I, think oh, it, I, I almost think said Tim, Tim Winton then for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it was Tim Watts because he was. He was He's doing the reading. Yeah, and he he said um he said like oh Barnaby has said that this is like a policy book so i want to check it out and see what the deal with the policy is because as he pointed out um you know barnaby joyce's big thing getting around these days is talking about how much uh you know the government has failed people in rural areas and how they're just ignored and nobody does anything for them and he was like well number one who's been running the country for six years (laughs) to you guys and yeah, and he just talks constantly about like how completely ignored by politicians that part of the country is. And he's like, I don't, I don't get it though. Like, has haven't Barnaby Joyce and the Nationals been like representing these people the whole time, mm. um, and just doing fuck all for them? And he's just complaining about that. Like, there's just this bizarre disconnect between him talking about the complete lack of of service and care given to these people and also the fact that like that the nationals are the ones that have for the vast majority of that time both been elected in power there and in power in government and have done fucking nothing for them it's like if you just like turn up to work and just browse twitter or whatever on your phone all day take like a two-hour lunch break um, shit on work time and then like look at your watch at like 4.15pm and be like nobody has done a fucking thing today this is pathetic <laughs> it's like literally pathetic. your job a bunch of leaners around here a bunch of leaners <laughs> sorry and I forgot sorry I forgot um, also um, have an affair uh, with your staffer yep at mm. some point during the day you've got to fit that in yeah um, and as if it was Tim Watts as Tim Watts is pointing out he also um you know, continually sort of laments the the lack of opportunities and uh, educational opportunities and stuff for for people in rural areas. 
but he said like you know basically his salute the only solutions that he offers in the book are to give higher rates of funding to private schools so that there is more choice and competition oh i love choice and competition it's beautiful isn't it yeah <clears throat> and he also like rags on um he also like rags on public schools and stuff you're like oh boy talk, <laughs> yeah talks about how like oh it's all good if you're you know going to saint charles instead of bumfuck nowhere state school and stuff and it's like dude do you know what you do for a living (laughs) yeah how much money you earn the lifestyle that you lead yeah all and and again just this idea of like oh hey if you think that like if you think that schools are really shit and under-resourced in rural areas imagine if there was someone that could do something about that imagine if you voted for more funding of public schools instead of less Yeah, but if you, well, didn't you hear though? If you give it to the private schools, a bit more oh, choice. Well, they can do mm. more with it. Mm. Yeah, that way um, parents can choose whether they want to send their kids to like um, a public school or a private school that charges them $10,000 a year or a private school that charges them $15,000 a year. Ooh, mm. that sounds nice. Does that private school that charges 15000 a year also do fundraisers to build? like their infrastructure that they don't need, like yacht sheds? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Sounds cool. Yeah, so he basically just uh, cannot stop himself from getting out in front of the media and doing all that sort of shit. Um, oh, he, yeah, and he did like, he did an interview for a, like a weekend magazine kind of thing where he was like, oh, you know, I knew my marriage was falling apart, so I just started boozing it up and hitting all the camera bars and hitting on all the ladies oh, and fuck and then i wanted and just then i wanted to kill away. myself he was talking about his mental health suffering just go away it's awful man like yeah just just this whole thing that he has of saying like oh i want everyone to respect my privacy wait come back come back. but i'll also accept money uh to lay my sordid details out yeah, he was um he was he was talking to Hugh Rimmington from Channel Ten, uh doing some interview with him and uh Rimmington put a, a like a photo up of uh him, you know, they were about to do their televised interview. Barnaby's sitting there holding his book and he'd like written a quote of what Barnaby had just told him, which was the proceeds of this book are going to me. <sighs> And he then asked him, oh, is money tight? And he was like, always. Oh, money's always tight. It's like the motherfucker, I think he owns one of the biggest property portfolios of anybody in in parliament because Mm. he owns like cattle stations and all that sort of shit. Um, Yeah, and was a deputy prime minister. He's been in cabinet for how long now? Goddamn ages. Yeah, he's a huge piece of shit, making tons of money. He absolutely cannot stop himself from wanting to rake in more. He's just like Tony Abbott, you know? As soon as the actual opportunity to, like, be in power or the leader of the party or whatever is gone from him, all the pretense is gone. He's like, oh, I'm here to get paid. I need to fucking do anything for the country. Like Tony Abbott. He was out... Out doing the rounds as well, telling us about how um, carbon dioxide is isn't a pollutant. It's just yep. it's just an invisible trace gas. <laughs> so there. 
It's naturally occurring. How can it be bad? God, so depressing. Can't argue with that logic, though, can you? Absolutely not. Why don't you fight his ideas with uh, logic? (laughs) 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 Uh, Just, I don't know how the fuck he keeps, like, turning up on the news and shit. And, and of course, I mean, um, with with Barnaby, um, to go back to him, the... uh, his quote of um, the people going to Kmart don't care about climate change. Yes. And it's like, well, mm. okay, that is not true, right? Because I think a lot of people going to Kmart are young and realise just how fucked they are. But also, regardless of whether people care about climate change, that's your fucking job. Your job is to care about climate change. Your job is to care about the budget and all this sort of stuff. Like, people going to Kmart don't care about the budget balancing, right? Like, they don't care about marginal tax rates. They don't care about all this all this sort of stuff, right? Because that's not their job. That's your job. You're the public servant. It's your job to do right by Australia, whether or not you put your finger up to the air and find out which political which way the political wind is is blowing and just do and just do that because people aren't across this stuff and they shouldn't be right like people don't if you if you're in this position and you know that this shit is going down and it's going to do horrible horrible things to this to this country right for as far as climate change is concerned you shouldn't have to go and do a poll in Kmart as to whether we need to take action, right? Like, you should have the balls and the brains to put this together and do something about it. It's, oh, it's sounds such, a lot like leadership. Oh, my God. It's so, it's so frustrating while, while, like, everybody under the age of 35 is just, like, fist in their mouth having a panic attack about uh, how rapidly their continued in existence on Earth is just shrinking um, and we just have to read these quotes every day. Well, um, it was a Pat, uh, friend of the show, Pat Caruana. Um, he, he quote tweeted that thing of like, people in Kmart don't care about the, the Paris climate accord. He like quote tweeted that with like, people in Gippsland are having to deal with bushfires in August. Yeah. We have one of the biggest droughts in Australian history going on as we fucking speak. And this is what, this is what Barnaby, right? The man who is supposed to be doing things for regional Australia, who's complaining about how hard people in regional Australia have it. This is what he chooses to talk about. Well, he, but but he spends the other half of his time doing fucking tours around the middle of the country <sighs> talking about how bad the drought is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now we need to like divert water from other places and do things to support them and everything while also insisting that like ah uh, we better crack open a few more coal-fired power plants but uh, but i mean this shit is the same as like this other stuff that we've spoken about like the plastic bag ban stuff it's like yeah people people just do what they're gonna do like yeah. if, if you just have if you just give out plastic bags at the store, people will go and take them because you're giving them to them. That's that's right, and like, you can we, get uh, plastic bags for free now at Coles. Just in yeah, case anyone's wondering, just go Coles and you get just free. Go ones. to Coles, free free plastic bags. Free plastic bags, mm, free, free. Um, but yeah, like uh, as as we've said about all this different stuff, like that's that's the point of things like regulations and any any kind of any kind of change where you're generally attempting to affect like some sort of societal change because you've determined that overall it's for the greater good to do this thing. Like the whole point is to make it a bit more of a pain in the ass for people to do a thing. Yeah. 
like yeah the same same with all sorts of stuff like um yeah not being able to advertise cigarettes or only being able to get them from the counters in particular places like yeah you can't buy cigarettes from a lot of the places that you used to generally speaking if you just keep making certain things a little bit harder you wind up with a whole bunch of people who just go i kind of can't be fucked doing this thing anymore yeah and, and that's and, kind of the idea with with the same shit about like yeah you know people will don't buy have any... the cheapest possible thing what if we have some fucking plastic bag fan listeners I feel like we definitely would. Just oh, numbers right. wise. They'll, they'll eventually choke when one of their plastic bags <laughs> gets fanned around the room and lands directly on their head. Yeah, right. happens to the best of us. But the other half of this, Andrew, though, is is like this concept that like we're not a direct democracy, right? Like the the Liberal Party and the Nationals are not one of those dipshit parties that like have an app that you can sign on and send Bitcoin to vote on whether or not, you know, we should make, um, you know, f- fluoride illegal or, or whatever, right? Whether we they're should not lower a, the age of consent. Or ex- exactly, right? <laughs> they're, not a, they're not a direct democracy party and neither, and neither should they because people, by and large, are not equipped with the knowledge to make decisions, right? Because they have their own jobs and their own lives. This is your job, right? This is your job to do to make these decisions and to show guts about it. And like, yeah, the, whether or not the person uh, in Kmart believes in climate change or the person, you know, some racist in Melbourne is afraid of black people, right? That's not a thing you act on. The thing that you act on is statistics, right? And science. It's just horseshit. Oh, Mr. Scientist over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Fucking go go no back to uni and yeah. suddenly it's all maths formulas and well, look, not having we, sex. We've heard <laughs> enough from the scientist over here. Yeah, oh, these scientists, all these facts. That That's w- enough facts for this confusing. podcast. We've, we've heard enough from the scientist. Now I'd like to hear from a doctor. Yes. Hey, nice. That's right, folks. You know what it's time for? Paging Dr. Lucy. Sounds like sounds like Theo, if you ask me. Doesn't sound like me at all. I think that was a pre-recording. <laughs> uh, friends oh of the show, friends of the show will get that one. Anyway, uh, paging <laughs> Dr. Lucy <laughs> is our segment in which um, we get Lucy's help evaluating the, uh, the 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 chances of a continuing relationship between people who have written into Reddit's relationships. We get or, everyone's help, but my advice is the most important one because I am a woman. It's true. And I'm always right, just like all your ex-wives. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, many ex-wives. <clears throat> uh, so let's see. I've been I've been perusing. I've been perusing several. Th- oh, all right. I haven't checked Reddit in ages. Give me one. No, I was, I was having a skim today. Mm. Um, here's one for you, folks. I, twenty female, forgot to disconnect my phone from the car's Bluetooth during a <laughs> conversation with my boyfriend, twenty-one-year-old male. Uh, as uh, always, if you got twenty at the start, it's going to be good. It's going to be get good. Out there, <laughs> get out of there. Dump him. Yeah. Or her, whichever one. <laughs> a few days ago, I went out with a group of friends for dinner. The day before, my boyfriend agreed to go, but on the day of, he couldn't make it in time, which was fine. After dinner, we decided to drive to this place where you could see the stars. Oh. All right. Oh, yeah. I've never seen stars before. <laughs> this place where you could see the stars, and one of his friends called him to ask if he wanted to come with us. He said no, and his friend then asked me to call him and convince him to go. 
I did, and he immediately got angry with me and told me to fuck off. <laughs> there was a long silence, and then he hung up. He didn't realize that my phone was connected to the car's speakers by Bluetooth and that everyone had heard what he said. Wow. <laughs> I like that the Bluetooth is a pivotal part of this story, mm, not yes. the fact that he just told his girlfriend to fuck off. Well, yes, isn't technology the real enemy? He said, <laughs> this is Black Mirror. This is Black Mirror stuff. <laughs> when I told him this the day after, he became angry and borderline violent because it made him look bad. Good grief. <laughs> I can understand his anger. honey. (laughs) I can understand his anger, but a few years ago, I was in Mexico with a friend and got super drunk. I called him and it was an emotional wreck and we ended up fighting. I later learned that he was in a group call with his friends at the time and he had intentionally put our conversation on speaker because he thought it would be funny. What the fuck, dude? You're dating a sociopath or or a 20-year-old guy. (laughs) Yeah. This probably doesn't justify my actions, and I didn't want to bring this up because it would probably further anger him. Was I wrong in this situation? <laughs> oh my god, honey, you gotta get what out of can, there. What can I do to make it right? Fucking folks, smother him in his sleep. Oh my god, if you've listened to this show before, folks, you will know that a hallmark of this type of letter is somebody explaining their absolutely psychotic boyfriend's fucking horrifying behavior and then signing off with... Am I being unreasonable <laughs> in asking no. my boyfriend not to murder me? Mm. Was I wrong? Jesus Christ. You asked him to hang out with you and he screamed at you to fuck off. And yeah, also and also he thinks that you being extremely upset is funny and then plays that to his friends. I love how the story is not just I asked my boyfriend to hang out and he told me to fuck off. Like I feel well, like that's your first your first issue, sweetie. Well, it's I I just like that she's like oh yeah but you know w- if we f- flip the situation around from a thing that happened a few years ago he was also the huge piece of shit in that yeah. situation <laughs> he too. was a piece of shit too <laughs> yes yeah, like there's the how is this guy so awful on both sides of that uh, so what's your take Lucy uh, what do you think she should do <laughs> you cannot dump him fast enough I, dumping's not enough I feel like you need to just maybe not kill him just like maim him a little. Hmm. Mm. Oh, you could do one of those like um like handcuff him to a radiator in his mm. sleep kind of thing. Yeah. Then you get out of there. Nice. And yeah, victimless and crime. Kind of... <laughs> 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 Completely victimless crime. <sighs> Very good. Oh goodness. Very good. Everybody's the worst. I love it. Um Oh no okay, and we've got another one of our signature types of letters here. Um, so the first one is, as we just discussed, um, nice lady, horrible man. Mm-hmm. Um, very obvious answer to the question. This one is the other way around. Yes. Not that this is the only uh, gender the script, or relationship baby. dynamic, folks. But um, but this one is the other one, which is young man who doesn't understand what's happening, even though it's very obvious. <laughs> <clears throat> How do I, 26-year-old male, live without you? <laughs> Sorry, I had that. that Leanne rhymes? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. even know what you're, I think you're so, going yeah. for. I think that's Coyote Ugly. Oh, Coyote. Coyote. No, no, I think you're right. Coyote? Which one's Coyote, Coyote Ugly? That was the... The one where the chicks dance on the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading some wild, wild trivia about that song the other day, uh, which is that they wound up having, like... Two two copies of the like 
the same song released on the same day. What? Uh, here we go. It was originally performed by Leanne Rhymes, and the extended version of the song was later featured on her second studio album. It was also performed by Trisha Yearwood. Oh, and yeah, this is really confusing. was used in the soundtrack of the film Con Air. Both versions were released on May 27, 1997. That's bizarre. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember the Trisha Yearwood one and the Leanne Rhymes one simultaneously, but I've never stopped to Loving put those together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how weird is that, though, releasing them both Very strange. At, the, at the same time? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so this guy, this guy's love and life. Here we go. Um, how do I, 26-year-old male, interpret my girlfriend, 26-year-old female, of 2.5 years wanting to, quote, take a break from our relationship? Oh, honey. <laughs> Baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love these ones. I love these ones that, like, get, um, that get worse sentence by sentence. I'll try to keep it short. We've been dating for a total of 2.5 years. We recently started a long-distance relationship. Uh-huh. Ooh. We expected to be apart for two years. She flew to visit me this weekend, and while we had a fun time, at the end of the weekend, she suddenly, emphasis, broke up with me, slash, wants to take a break from the relationship. Her main reason is that she is, quote, uncertain about if I am the one, end quote, and that it wouldn't make sense to keep dating for another two years with this uncertainty. She says she loves me, that I am her best friend. Well, that's nice. You've got that going for you, at least. <laughs> Who doesn't love having a friend? It just seems that she doesn't feel like it was the right relationship, that there was nothing concrete that led to the breakup. Uh, how do I interpret taking a break? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do I keep in contact with her? Should I stop contact? I oh, feel you absolutely lost. should hop in your car and drive to her. Yes. That's what she wants. outside her window her. with a boombox. <laughs> I, uh, how do I interpret taking a break? Do I keep in contact with her? Should I stop contact? I feel lost since she was my best friend as well. And we had a good relationship for so long. Too long didn't read. My best friend and partner wants to take a break because she doesn't feel that our relationship is the one. Isn't it a funny coincidence that right as they started, they were fine for two and a half years. Mm. And now they're living in different places. She's suddenly very unsure about whether mm. it's a great relationship. It's a funny coincidence. It is a funny coincidence. I love the extremely dispassionate way he describes his relationship. Uh, I can't blame her for not thinking. He's we the are one. pals. She's we buddies. are great buds. <laughs> we high five every night. Go to the ball game. Mm-hmm. Ooh, rough, uh, rough first answer. Probably very <laughs> accurate. Uh, <laughs> Obita Dicta mm-hmm. uh, says your girlfriend wants to look around for other options, but if she doesn't find anything better, she wants you around to fall back on. That is one hundred percent correct. That is very accurate. You got it. You got it in mm. one. With the reply, or oh, she's interested in a guy and wants to test him out. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I love it. They just like. They're just actively ruining his life. Just <laughs> nailing it. Just absolutely nailing it. You should probably just kill yourself at this point. <laughs> 541 upvotes. <laughs> All of these are so rough, man. All these are so rough. Dragging my feet says, break is code for breakup. 
And Hilarious in hindsight says, it means she wants to go dick shopping for a while. <laughs> dick shopping. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, god damn. I mean, they're not completely wrong. Oh, the only, the only practical advice here is from Team Marsh, who says, ask her, don't assume... Wild idea. Find out exactly what she means by take a break. Is this for a set amount of time? Are you two free to see others? Uh, I'm, says, I'm yes, sure. Yes, we're free to see others. Oh, <laughs> and goodness. we're going to talk in about three months. What the fuck? Wow, that's some extreme backup. That's an extreme right break. I, I love how. That. Oh, you go. You I don't go. know if she. I don't know if she is keeping him as backup because really, it just sounds to me like she is done and she's, she's being as nice as she can about yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like it. Why would you be like, let's have a fucking break for three months? Like, oh, God. Yeah, and, and like, uh, please, please, listeners, contact the show and let us know if you or anyone in your life has ever taken a break from taken the relationship when they were in their early 20s and then just come back around to it three months later and be like, oh, no, yeah, Actually, we're good. You're the one. That's so it. Where That's we? you. <laughs> yep. I didn't sleep with anyone. Or <laughs> Yeah. Unpause oh. and away we go. My goodness. My goodness. I love how so many of these are just explaining uh, basic adult relationships to people. Like, it's why don't so you good. ask her what she means by that? <laughs> I feel like these people are just having these relationships where they're, like, just not communicating on any kind of normal level. Yeah, pretty much. Like, a lot of them are... I mean, uh, I, I definitely appreciate the ones... Um, I definitely appreciate the ones where, like, I don't know, people are essentially saying, I know what the deal is, I just need to hear it from someone else. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the reality is that's that's just what... That's just what it is when you're when you're in a spot and you talk to people about it. You yeah. just talk to people about it, and a lot of the time, I've certainly found for myself in the past that when it has come to situations like, you know, significant breakups or you know, like thinking about breaking it off with somebody, or even just stuff like quitting jobs and any anything that's bound to be a big deal. Um, I basically wound up having the same conversation with half a dozen people because you're just yeah. using people as a sounding board. You just want them fine. to be like, yeah, you're right. Your boyfriend is a fucking piece of shit and you should dump him. Yeah, you need right? to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's a classic case of exactly that type of thing. Uh, not sure if I, 26-year-old male, want to commit to my girlfriend, 26-year-old female, of four and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> Does this get like any you, better than the title? <laughs> I feel like you've already committed. I feel like you've already dated for half a decade. You've you've done it. Congratulations on Congratulations your Congratulations on your big fucking four-year commitment. Oh, man. Oh, uh, he says, I love my girlfriend or feel really strongly towards her. <laughs> what? Oh, bro. Oh, boy. If you have to qualify that, it's not... Don't think it is love <laughs> right off the bat i mm. love my girlfriend or think she's okay she's pretty good <laughs> i don't dislike her <laughs> however i think i want to be single yeah you want to be single yeah uh we are in a good place argue a bit stable sex life has dropped off a bit 
I think the relationship is kind of stale. I think I want to be single, but not sure if that's just some fear of commitment or the grass is always greener mentality, but can't have that discussion because it was because it would absolutely cripple my girlfriend and make her upset. Well, this is, sounds like a very... Being uh, a bit arrogant here, I think. Very emotionally open relationship here. Mm. If someone asked if I was ready to get married, I'd say hell no, which I think is probably a bad sign and indicative we shouldn't buy a house. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, he's right. He's technically right. He's it's correct, just, yes. It's just weird that he has to say it out loud. It's mm. bizarre. Equally, the thought of having the breakup conversation, the horrible period afterwards, and the damage it would do to our self-esteem, insecurities, and anxieties oh, seems no. like too much of a horrible and mean thing to do to someone if oh, it's a no. decision. Or me just doing it because I think I'd like to try sleeping with someone else. Have you too not slept with anybody else? Who knows? Probably not. Too long didn't read. Relationship of 4.5 years seems kind of boring. I don't think I want to commit. Possible I want to be single and the breakup would be horrible. I like that he's just saying all the way through it. Like, I don't think I want to commit. It's possible that I want to be single. Yep. I think I want to be single over and over again. It's like All breakups yeah. are horrible. That's yeah. the thing. This is one thing I will say is a male trait in that I've known many men who just don't want to have the breakup conversation and will stay in a relationship for a long time that they don't like because they don't want to deal with the breakup conversation. You think it's a male trait, do you? It's in my experience. Okay. You I feel like most women will just... Right and center? Well, I am, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like women are more open to just uh, breaking up, whereas men will just, like, they don't want to do it. It's my experience anyway. Yeah, I think... um. I'm trying to remember whether we've talked about this before. I think that uh, the people can also definitely be prone to like, you know, dancing right up to the edge of it, of Mm. of the idea of breaking up or whatever, and then going, oh, no, this is going to suck. Nah, we're fine. We're fine. And yeah, it's it's absolutely a Band-Aid situation. Yeah, people that stay in a relationship for like years that they're not into because they're like, well, it's better than having a breakup. (laughs) That's it. Tear it off and get the fuck out. Don't of get it. it. I always fucking break up on a whim, and then when I realize I didn't want to do it, I'm like, ah, well, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go nope. back now. I've done it. <laughs> too late now. It's too, too late, late now. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, boy. Uh, what do you think, Theo? Should he commit to this young lady? Well, look, it's either that or he just continues lying to her for years and possibly decades until <laughs> they've got kids. I got a house. They're married. Um, then, when he's like forty-seven, um, and he wakes up one morning, he walks out to the garage, uh, looks in the bottom drawer, um, opens little ornate box. It's got like a very nice little like hinge on it. Um, pulls out the gun, um, <laughs> puts it in his mouth. Thinks, does he want to pull the trigger? Uh, and then decides, no, no, what I need to do is go in and ruin all of our lives. Um, no, what do, you, what do you think when he's got the gun in his mouth is, do I want to pull the trigger? No, nah, I don't think I want to commit. It's <laughs> a big commitment. <laughs> oh, my God. No, absolutely. Oh. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I always... That was the thing that I always sort of thought, thought to myself about stuff like breakups and shit like that. Even, even just like... Yeah. Uh, uncomfortable 
situations, adult conversations, all that kind of stuff. It's like you really got once again. It's just like just like with your butt, you got to have perspective. You got to say to yourself, like, look, the next two hours are really going to suck, or I'm going to have like a bad day, a bad life. <laughs> yeah, you can either keep dating someone for weeks or months who's just really not setting your world on fire or you are actively unhappy with or you can stay in a job that you fucking hate every day and all this sort of stuff or you can actually like look around and pull the trigger or something not that trigger and (laughs) also i mean this is not a selfish thing right like the selfish thing would be staying together because she also deserves love yeah right like, she should go get a different boyfriend. How good do you think she would feel finding out about that? Well, yeah, and that's, that's I guess, the the main point to make is, like you're saying, uh, this guy is casting it as, oh, I'm... I'm selfless. I'm being so. nice to her by not breaking up with her because it would you're make not. her sad. And it's you're like, holding you're, her back from some fucking gorgeous Zac Efron Chad that could make her very happy. Some sweet Chad mm-hmm. could be dicking her down. I don't know your girlfriend, but she's going to move on and find someone better than you. Yeah. As we all know about straight guys, there's there's someone better than you right around the corner. Mm. They're everywhere. The vast majority of the time. <laughs> we've we've all we've all seen the internet and we've all come to learn just how low the bar is. Mm-hmm. For us That's straight right. white guys. Um Oh, he he changed his own pants? <laughs> 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 I see those posts online that are like just just about Doing like the absolute basics of life for your adult boyfriend. Yeah, and like, they make me die inside. Oh, it's fucked up. Like, oh, I had a bad day. My boyfriend cooked me dinner. I'm like, that's a, that is a standard relationship. <laughs> part of like, oh, yeah, it was just some post going around Twitter that was like, some girl was like, oh, you really do have to be like, babying boys like laying out their clothes for them and reminding them that they haven't taken a shower in three days and like telling them that they've been on the xbox for 20 hours and you're just like no 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 you don't got to do that at all you're you're just an an adult who is in a relationship with a fucking 15 year old yeah you can just date an older man yeah yeah that's true there's plenty of them out there too yeah and plus every Every Reddit thing that we ever look at that's like, uh, we're both 20 is just like, oh, no. I know. It's like, oh. Both 19-year-olds. Are we going to be together forever? Absolutely not. Definitely not. Of course you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I can give relationship advice now because uh, I am not in the realm of the Volcells any longer. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm an expert. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. Congratulations. Um, I'm trying to trying to see if I can find a letter from the old mailbag. Oh, we we do have a relationship related letter. If we would like to would like to take that. Yes, do it. Uh, I believe it was from sweet sweet wife of the show Aki, who says question in all capitals. Calm down, Aki. Jeez. Chill out. <laughs> question. How do you deal with people who want to avoid any kind of drama, heavy topics, playful bickering, etc., and just want a completely avoidant space? What do you do when those people? Um, <clears throat> what do you do when those people are when somebody's acting in a way that looks like it could lead to harm? 
start ripping you apart because you have to use some stiff language to try and prevent a senseless death. Hmm. Because it ain't the first time I've experienced it, and it's infuriatingly bizarre every time. Wait, what? So I, I believe... I'm taking this as two parts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first part I'm taking as just, yeah, people who just want to completely avoid any kind of uh, conflict... The adult, the aforementioned adult conversations. Oh yeah, I can't up. deal with that. <laughs> Even playful bickering, all that sort of stuff. Um, but also, yeah, I guess people who f- freak out. It's, it certainly sounds like um, Aki is talking about potentially a like a work situation. Uh, people freaking out because you you spoke to them firmly to stop mm. something stupid from happening. Hmm. I'm a a big sensitive baby, so... Oh, you like to avoid all the conflict? I don't want to be yelled at in any sense. Do you do any of the yelling? Yes. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Hmm. No, I think think in, like, relationship contexts, like, bickering and stuff is normal and fine, but, you know, in the workplace, I want nothing but heaping praise constantly. Bloody millennials. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my thing with like uh, conflict in the workplace is, uh, oh, oh, I'm really, so I'm really torn about this one because on one hand, I, I think I'm pretty good at being able to have like pretty upfront conversations in like relationships and like in workplaces and stuff. If you know, if if like if somebody if somebody wants to talk to me about something I've done wrong or you know something that could have gone differently or whatever I I will just have that conversation directly and address the issue Ooh, somebody is fuck- an adult well like yeah you know, you know you don't fuck around and go oh that wasn't me it was actually it wasn't my fault it was like if something's yeah, your fault yeah. just fucking deal with it and move forward you know there's like it's bad enough that you are forcing another adult to call you on your shit and have a an uncomfortable conversation with you, you don't have to do them the additional disrespect of pretending like it wasn't your fault when it was. The flip side of that is there's also plenty of situations uh, that I've been in, like more like out in public, uh, like if somebody's being a dick or if some you know people are either being rude or weirdly behaved or whatever in public. A lot of situations where like. Uh, you know, movies certainly teach you that you should be getting macho at that point and interjecting and telling people to sit down and all that sort of shit. A lot of that sort of stuff, I just go, ooh, no conflict for me, please. Mm. What I'm going to do is look over here and then leave. <laughs> I'm going to look, look the other way. Oh, yeah, me too. What do you think, Theo? Oh, I'm a huge baby as well. <laughs> um, uh, You know, I mean, I'm... I'm not in charge of people. Um, I used to be. Uh, now I'm. I'm happy to not have to deal with that bullshit. So I just try and um, keep my head low. Um, I don't know, man. I. I. I think everyone's. Well, sorry. I think. I think every every sensitive person is sort of trying to find that that um, balance between being just totally um, avoidant. Um, and being, um, able to like, like 
you know, put your put your opinions forward and, and all this sort of stuff without without upsetting people, even if it's even if they're difficult conversations and, and what have you. And I think like I think it's you know, it's a skill that, that um people need to develop over time. Um and there's people that, that are either um too confrontational they they think that there's there's nothing nothing to it to be confrontational and that's just how you work it out and there's people that just avoid um constantly. So I think um, but I don't know how you how you bring bring that skill out in people that don't that aren't interested or don't or don't want to be um, you know able to have those tough conversations sensitively. So um, I don't know that that sounds like um, therapy situation to me. I'll I'll throw out the flip side to this as well, which is that like um, particularly in professional contexts, I try to be as mindful as possible of like other people, their feelings. I try to like engage and consult with people as much as possible because I think that a a big part of like getting people to, to sort of be receptive of the things that you're doing, particularly if you're working directly with them or around them or whatever is kind of having them feel, having them be like invested and engaged in what you're doing and feel like they actually have a say in things and that they'll listen to and all that sort of stuff. All of those things generally really help grease the wheels. Um, what I have a lot of trouble with is the type of person I feel like I encounter, you know, relatively regularly in professional life, which is people who, um, you know, are just kind of resistant to change or they kind of, you know, they just want to complain about stuff that like people who just have kind of critical outlooks on stuff without ever offering any kind of alternative or yeah you know constructive Agree. feedback or anything and i like go out of my way to engage those people and give them as many opportunities as possible to provide input because they complain about like oh nobody asked me what i thought and then you spend all this time asking them what they want and what they think and then they just got nothing to say and so for me personally, I have this kind of threshold of of trying to deal with people in that sort of way where I do my absolute best to like give people all the chances in the world to give me feedback and to tell me what they want and what I can do for them and how I can help them and all that sort of stuff. And if people just don't take any of those opportunities for like months in a row, at a certain point, I just say, all right, I'm 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 done asking this person now. Then you beat them um, up. Yeah, you just fucking kick the shit out, kick of, them right the shit the out of them. <laughs> Breaking chairs over their backs, all that mm-hmm. kind of shit. No, just, uh, yeah, like I guess to, just to bring that around to the, the idea of people who are completely sort of conflict avoidant, is like I I am really really willing to to work with people to to get them like solutions that they want and to be respectful of things that people want. But if people will never take any of the opportunities like handed to them on a silver platter to tell you what they want and how they would like to be treated and how they would like to be dealt with, at a certain point, I think that person's kind of forfeiting feels their very right specific, to get mad. Andrew. Well, I think it feels very personal. Kind of, <laughs> it's about you, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, like I said, thing thing over time, and it goes for personal and professional relationships, like. You can you can make all your best efforts to treat people respectfully and and give them ways to get what they want. But mm. if they're not willing to like come to the table with something, 
you know, it, like some people think that even any kind of basic interaction is just some sort of conflict. Yeah. And at a certain point, you just got to go, well, I've tried, tried everything. You're obviously not interested in kind of maybe, maybe a little more interested in complaining than actually getting what you want. Who knows? Hmm. Mm-hmm. People are weird though. Yeah, sure are. Yeah. Everyone is wrong except me. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and that'll probably just about do us for this week. Don't forget, folks, uh, you can sign up on Patreon for an extra episode every week over on patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Um, we're even starting to look at some other crazy kinds of content, like a, like a little little crazy live Q&A show kind of thing. And mm, some, let's do it. And some Twitch streams, and maybe we're going to check out the old like movie-watching party things. Uh, all that kind of jazz. So if you're interested in any of that sort of stuff, if you're interested in joining our horrific Discord server and chatting with a bunch of like-minded weirdos, get on over to Patreon, sign up, get involved. But until you do that, you'll have to wait a whole week to hear from us again. Unless Ugh, you've terrible. turned this episode off like halfway through, in which case... Go we've lost f- you. fuck yourself. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone you would like to tell to go and fuck themselves, Theo? No. No one. Wow. All right. Nobody. All right, Mr. Fucking Morally Righteous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, peace Nick Theo over there. All right, folks. Thanks for your time. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.